Hello, and welcome to the Williamsburg Unitarian Universalists. We are a vibrant liberal religious community that treasures diversity, practices justice, and teaches love and respect for everyone. We grow spiritually through worship, shared learning and service, and relationships that go deep. As we say each Sunday, whoever you are, whomever you love, whatever your image of the holy, your presence here is a gift. All are worthy, all are welcome. Good morning, uh, I am David Hopkinson, and it's my pleasure to welcome you all to the Williamsburg Unitarian Universalists online worship service. Martha Purvis is our pianist, and we welcome the Reverend David Tetra as our guest speaker today. If you're on Zoom, at this time you might want to change to speaker view, so you'll have a better view of whoever is speaking at the moment. If you'd like to follow along with the order of service, I invite you to visit wuu.org to download a copy. If you're visiting today, we're glad you're here. Um, <clears throat> we invite you to say hello in the chat if you like, uh, if you know how to use that. And if you'd like to sign up for our email list, please fill out our online visitor form at wuu.org. Uh, after the service, everyone is invited to join a facilitated small group Zoom conversation to check in together and to talk about our service. We also have a special breakout group for visitors and newcomers to gather at the end of the service. If you are new or newish and you like to meet other new folks, as well as some of us who've been around a while, please let us know by typing a note into the chat.
again, welcome. We are happy that you have joined us. Whether you have come seeking uh, comfort, encouragement, or inspiration, you belong here, you are seen here, even if we cannot see each other physically. If you are a visitor here today, we offer you a special welcome and a warm thank you for joining us today. Now I invite you to join in, in saying our welcoming words. Please, as you say these words, uh, speak of them, speak them to each other and know that we are connected across the distance. The words will be pasted into the Zoom chat if you wanna follow that. Now let us say them in unison together. People on Zoom, we will unmute, we will unmute all of you so that you can hear each other as we uh, embrace the chaos that connects us and is about to wash over all of us. <laughs> I think so. Come, 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 wherever you are. Wherever you are. We are the image of the holy. Here is again. Generations, oh, we'll build a land. 
David Tetro, and uh, this is my annual appearance as the congregation's genuine uh, high mass Unitarian. Um, every year, the week after Christmas is usually kind of tiresome for clergy. Uh, I serve a small church that didn't go anywhere this this year, because uh, uh, the, the, the Episcopal Diocese is closed. But I'd like to give uh, Reverend Laura a week off and gives me a chance to come and see all of you once again. I get to church when I can if I'm not working. And this particular Sunday is always kind of special for me. So I am glad to be here. And at this point, uh, we want to address a little bit the issues of community as it is, as they are emerging at this time in our life together. Uh, in our history, um, in our politics. And in order to do that, I want to set up a parallel between um, what we see and what we experience and my experience of 12 years with The Greatest Show on Earth, which is a whole different world in, in terms of how it deals with itself and its own awareness. So let's begin by going to the circus. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, we are celebrating uh, Reverend Laura's annual Sunday after Christmas. So I am the guest circus artist um, who appears at absolutely no cost, who will thrill you with daring feats and high above the arena, all done without a safety net or device. I've asked the vendors to uh, be quiet during this period and the selling of refreshments will be uh, held until, until the end of the show. No animals will be um, endangered in this performance. And finally, due to the hazards of performance, we ask that you refrain from taking flash pictures. Let us worship together. Now please join me in saying the words to light our chalice. If you have a chalice or a, or a candle handy nearby in your own home, please go ahead and light it now. 
again, we will unmute all of you and say the words in what we call unison. We light this chalice. Light this chalice. For the warmth of love. For the warmth of love. For the light of the truth. For the energy of action. And for the harmony of peace. Peace in our hearts. Peace in our community. And peace in our world. Good morning. I'm going to read the wisdom story today which is a book called The Family Book by Todd Parr. <laughs> see, as you can see, the book has read on it, but it washed out of the PowerPoint. Um, and I found this particularly disturbing as a, as a redhead, <laughs> that the red is gone, but it made me think of this world and how uh, the world is made up of so many beautiful colors and we need all of them, that there are so many different shades, and all are beautiful and make up the whole. Just like we need to eat a rainbow of foods and our world needs a rainbow of shades and colors in our human family. So this is part of the message of this book, how we are all the same but different and how we have things we can share across the differences. All right, so here we go, the family book. Some families are big, <laughs> some families are small. Some families are the same color. Some families are different colors. All families like to hug each other. Some families live near each other. Some families live far away from each other. Some families look alike. Some families look like their pets. All families are sad when they lose someone they love. Some families have a stepmom or stepdad and stepsisters or stepbrothers. Some families adopt children. Some families have two moms or two dads. Some families have one parent instead of two. All families like to celebrate special days together. Some families eat the same things. Some families eat different things. Some families like to be quiet. Some families like to be noisy. Some families like to be clean. Some families like to be messy. Some families live in a house by themselves. Some families share a house with other families. All families can help each other be strong. There are lots of different ways to be a family. Your family is special, no matter what kind it is. Love, Todd. Thank you. And now we invite you to a moment for reflection and prayer to take this time to call to mind those who are particularly on your heart and mind and spirit today. Joys and sorrows, the waves that knock us down and the recovery, the ebb and flow of life. And the poem I will read is a blessing for the chaos. 
from Jan Richardson. To all that is chaotic in you, let there come silence. Let there be a calming of the clamoring, a stilling of the voices that have laid their claim on you, that have made their home in you, that go with you even to the holy places, but will not let you rest, will not let you hear your life with wholeness or feel the grace that fashioned you. Let what distracts you cease. Let what divides you cease. Let there come an end to what diminishes and demeans and let depart all that keeps you in its cage. Let there be an opening into the quiet that lies beneath the chaos where you find the peace you did not think possible and see what shimmers within the storm. spirit of generosity each Sunday, we make an offering from the bounty we are blessed to enjoy. <clears throat> if you are joining us for the first time today, please know that your presence among us is gift enough. Today's offering uh, goes to our general operating fund to help cover all those essential things like staff salaries, Zoom accounts, building maintenance, and supporting our continuing programs. If you'd like to give through our website, please click on Give Online to WUU. 
unquote. If you'd like to give by text, you can text the dollar amount of your gift to 757-500-0688. I'll say that again, 757-500-0688. If you prefer to give by check, please mail it to WUU. Thank you so much for your continuing generosity. a graduate student years ago at the University of Virginia um, in the religion department we were reading um, works by Victor Turner an anthropologist whom I had never heard of until I picked up his first book and then his second and I was totally taken with his notion of community and communitas as he called it um, in primitive societies he he said the the community grew because they isolated some small portion of the community into a place that was totally safe and that people could come and live as he used it, the term liminally. That is to say, they're not fully involved with the community for whatever reason they need to be apart from it. And within that communitas were people who understood and, and, and were healers. They, they were there to, to help people recognize what it was that was bothering them, whatever it might be, and to find a way through the experience uh, to just be there with these folks as they went through the problems that they were, that they were having. 
And I thought that was a really interesting concept. And, and I spent a lot of time reading about it. And the big thing that I had didn't realize was that Victor Turner was on the faculty of the University of Virginia and I didn't know it. So when I returned to that research uh, after the U, I wanted to spend more time looking at rites of passage and the kinds of things that, that he, he held as dear and important and essential to the growth of community. I found out that his, his uh, widow, Edith Turner, lived in Charlottesville still. So I called her up and I said, can you spend some time with me and talk about some of that research? Because I know you did it along with him. So she was very kind and I went over a couple of times and spent long hours with her discussing the nature of what it meant to be in a community in which the possibility of something that was spontaneously joyful and healing could happen. When I got to the circus years later, uh, I realized that I was in the I was in the presence of a community that that lived that way that that at no time was there a moment in which the community was beyond its own capacity to heal itself. And I had never been in anything like that. I didn't understand what it was about, but as I lived with the community for a while, I realized that they had a unique characteristic about them that I had never experienced anywhere else. There was something that they cherished more than anything in, in their life. And that was their alignment to their work. And their work was to entertain in a certain way. And that entertainment was not just something frivolous and quick. It was a dramatic encounter in front of a group of people like, like the rest of us in which they were trying to tell us a story about what it meant to reach a point in life in which we could apply no more force to what was going on and simply had to realize that the next step in the growth of the community or its preservation was to surrender to whatever was in the moment and allow our lives to be shaped by that. Uh, an example would be my friend uh, Dolly Jacobs who um, has been a circus flyer, aerialist for, oh my, all of her life. She's now 62. She's still doing a beautiful, beautiful act. And one time I asked her, what, what, what constitutes what you're doing? How do you know what's going to be there? And she said, well, the, the, the notion that I learned years ago was that, that, that I'm, I'm a single trapeze act and, and what I do is that I, I start an arc and I realize that by the time I get to the very top of the arc and I know where that moment is, I realize that there's no more effort that I can exert, but that at that moment, I can trust myself to let go and that something will happen that's totally unexpected. It's beautiful, it's, it's interesting, and it fills me with joy and hopefully that's what what I transfer to the audience. And over and over again, I've heard this notion be, yes, we can go to the point of greatest effort, but when we get to the point of greatest effort, we have to simply let go. And the entire circus 
life and community is built on this notion that that is the single most important thing that they do. They live in a certain way that allows that space to open when the greatest effort has been exerted. Let me, uh, I'm gonna introduce something that uh, may be familiar or unfamiliar to you. You probably realize that there's been for years a, a, an act called the Great Wallendas. We're gonna look at a brief piece of video that shows their greatest trick falling apart. Some of this is upsetting, but when we get through, I wanna show you how this, this living together and the importance of, of surrender is at the very center of what they do. All right, Dave, roll it. To watch the video, search YouTube for terrifying Walenda high wire accident. The Wallendas were with the Ringling Circus um, some, this, this was a couple of years ago in, in Sarasota. Um, but, but some years before that, they were out with, with one of the units of the, of the greatest show on earth. Um, and they were in Richmond and it was a 10.30 in the morning show and I was standing there watching. There were not as many Wallendas in the troop. In fact, there was one Wallenda and the rest of them were two families from Ecuador, I think, and Colombia, who also did the same, same high wire act. So at 10.30, the show went up and it went on. And then the great Wallendas soared in the air for one more time on the high wire. And they got partway down doing this very same trick and they fell. And this is in Richmond. There is no safety net. And the sound of people hitting the floor is something that I shall never forget. One of them was hurt badly um, and is probably still, I'm sure still in a wheelchair after all these years. But what Nick isn't, doesn't talk about is what is basic and underlying in the act itself. And that is, how can I trust seven or six other people to, to be there for me while I'm doing this very treacherous experience and, and going through it and, and not, and, and making sure that, that, the, that the experience is, is airtight for lack of a better term. That is to say, when an act goes out, and I've watched this go on over and over and over again, there is something that underlies the community that is so basically trusting and so powerful that it really cannot be, it cannot be destroyed. It can be violated, but it can't be destroyed. People who are with the circus their entire lifetime understand this, that the, only, the thing that is most important is that in a circus act, everything, or the circus period, everything is in alignment, that it stays with the story of joy and sharing a common experience that's allowed to happen over and over again. Um, the fall in Richmond 
was first of all they check all the mechanical stuff did something come loose there's there's metal fatigue there's stuff that that happens but this was not metal fatigue what we learned was at least i assume was that the two families that were not wallendas were arguing and they had been arguing for days over something i don't know what but when the show started and that act went up there was nothing about metal fatigue or anything in the equipment that indicated that there was something wrong. There was something wrong in the relationship among the people who were on the high wire. And whether by conscious intention or I suggest unconscious intention, somebody made a mistake. But it was not something it was something that emerged from the relationship itself. The circus is built entirely on trust. It, it doesn't again manifest itself until you've been with the show and you've felt it. That everything from top to bottom in the greatest show on earth or any other circus is built entirely on trust. Everybody trusts everybody with their life. I remember walking around backstage one day and realizing that my hand was down and there was somebody that was clutching my hand and it was a small child. And small children never walk around the greatest show on earth unless there's an adult with them because that's part of the trust. The trust is essential. When the trust is not there, the show isn't there and the people can't trust one another. The these people know this deeply within their body. They have to be aware at all times that when they are working in the show, the show is there as a place that they can trust. In other words, it's a communitas. The show is constantly in alignment with the deepest trust and faith and a lack of, there's a lack of force. There's something that happens with these people when they realize that no matter what they're doing, the, the, the trapeze artist comes to the highest point of the arc, the effort is, is, is there, and then it's not there because that artist is going to swing over and be caught by somebody else. And that trust is there, it has to be there. The alignment is always to the greatest good and to the greatest amount of beauty. And the interesting thing about the circus is I was standing there one day talking to, to one of the uh, producers and I said, what's going on here really? He says, what you see is what's here. It's, it's a huge mystery that keeps evolving. It brings about beauty, it brings about joy. It exists for its own sake. And the circus at its base is utterly useless. It's just here. But it's just here telling me a story about what will happen if I stop trying to kill somebody or we stop trying to kill one another. When we look at one another now and we're going through all this social turmoil, when is enough force applied? When do we finally realize that at the end of this, there is nothing except more force? The moment in the life of the circus 
is that when all the chaos is the greatest, that's the moment in which they know to stop and to let it allow itself to heal the moment from within, to let the beauty that is within the moment heal itself. I've seen it happen over and over again. It's, it's a magnificent thing when it happens, but it's hard to see when there's so much going on and all of it appears to be doing something else than what it's doing. It's stopping in time. It's stopping going forward. It's stopping encountering something that is, that is attempting to, to push it out of the way. It simply says, I've done all I can and now something beautiful will emerge from this. It's an, it's an amazing story. I miss not being with the greatest show on earth. I miss not seeing that story played out. It's unexpected joy. It's, it's when life takes on meaning, a, a, a full meaning, a kind of, and becomes a driving force in history. And this is what, what Turner talked about. Every great culture reaches a point where force simply won't work any longer. And when we have to reflect pull back and be a part of something new that emerges that is joyful and that is exciting and something we've never seen before. I love this poem by E.E. E. Cummings, you probably already know it, which is called Damn Everything But the Circus. Damn everything that is grim, dead, motionless, unrisking, inward turning. Damn everything that won't get into the circle, that won't enjoy that won't throw its heart into the tension, the surprise, the fear, the delight of the circus, the round world, the full existence. Amen.
Thank you, David. Uh, breathtaking as usual. Um, now let us say the words to extinguish the chalice. And we invite you to blow out your candle at the same time. We will paste the words in the, in the Zoom chat. And again, we'll do this all together in WUU Zoom Unison. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of the truth. The warmth, warmth of community, community for the fire of we carry in our hearts until we are together again. My friend Nick Weber uh, was a Jesuit priest who put together a circus called the Royal Liechtenstein Quarter Ring Sidewalk Circus, and he traveled with it and carried it for nearly 30 years, going from college to college campuses and playing on the streets and all kinds of things. He would conclude his service, his, I'm sorry, his, his performance with the words that I will use to close this service. And before we say goodbye, may we ask you a special favor. Before you fall asleep tonight, would you spend two or three minutes just trying to imagine this whole world at peace. Take care of one another. And thank you very much.